everybody. Dave and Jeff. It is June 16th, 2021. In about three minutes, I'm going to tell you why today's the greatest day ever to be a Padre fan. Okay. I can't wait to hear this. I'm going to tell you, Dave, it's the greatest day ever to be a Padre fan today. After what we saw in Colorado, after what we've seen in the last three weeks, and I'm going to tell you, and you're going to believe me. You're going to be like, son of a bitch, the kid did it again. But I got two quick radio things that I, I meant to mention one the other day, and then I'm going to mention the other one, and then we'll get into why it's great to be a Padre fan. Okay. Uh, Mark Jagger and Christy Jagger, I have said a thousand times on here, are probably the reason more than anybody why I ever got the opportunity to go behind a live microphone, either thank them or blame them. It's their fault. But they have been huge impacts, incredibly good friends for me and for Dave as well. And on social media, they have a gorgeous Australian shepherd. Dave and I are dog guys. And they had a beautiful Australian shepherd named Bodie. Bodie looked like he belonged in movies. He surfed, he played... And every time you saw him, he came to 1090 one day because Mark and Christy were working next door. God damn, I didn't realize what a big pup Bodie was. And he came in and he just played, but he hit me with a hip check, Dave, and I felt like he was going to knock me over the boards. But I have said to both Mark and Christy, Bodie had his own Instagram account and he yeah. was by far my favorite thing on social media. Because when shit was getting crazy politically or then into COVID and it felt like everything was going wrong, you could always count on Bodie and his ever-present smile to put you in a great mood. And the other day he was surfing and celebrating his 13th birthday and I thought it was great. And then about uh, three days later, I saw a post from Mark and Christy saying uh, Bodie had crossed the Rainbow Bridge. And I'm just telling you, man, I only met the dog once, but I followed him every day on social media. I was so heartbroken. I felt like it was my own dog. Dave, yeah. you've gone through it with Sugar. It's I've gone worst. through it with pets. But he was such a cool dog, and they are such cool people that I'd written it on social media, but I just wanted to take a minute here and send uh, our love for everybody here to Mark and to Christy and to by far my favorite pup on social media that didn't live under my own roof. Bodie was just the coolest goddamn dog I've ever seen. And uh, I still just feel so bad for them. And if you've seen the posts that they put on Instagram or Facebook, I clearly wasn't alone in that, in that so many people have reached out and said, God, Bodie just every day put us in a good mood. And uh, we're sorry to see that he has gone uh, over to the Rainbow Bridge, but our thoughts and prayers are with Mark and Christy. Uh, Mark and Christy are two of the best people we know. They're they're really good. Okay. You know? Oh, and then I got one other radio story. Okay. Uh, many people remember that one of my favorite shows that we did, Dave, I think you would agree with me, is with Laura Kane. Yeah. Laura Kane, that you remember from Jeff and Jer, came in here and told an unbelievable story of recovery as she battled uh, drug addiction and now has been sober uh, 13 plus years. Amazing. And we couldn't be more proud of her and we love her very much. Uh, Laura uh, does a podcast, Laura Kane After Dark, very funny with her two friends. 
And she also is very active on social media. She's got uh, a diary. She's got a podcast, all these different things going on. And we had been following this story as she had met this guy named Antonio. Uh, gosh, I got to assume it's been about a year. And it was very cool. He was a guy that uh, they would do a lot of things together. Laura seemed incredibly happy. Million dollar smile, right? He seemed like a really, really great guy. And uh, a couple of days ago, they were down in Mexico. And Laura posts, I mean, what a beautiful couple, man. They look like they walked off a TV show. And she posted a picture. And it's the two of them kind of like right after sunset on the beach. And she says, hey, you can't believe what happened after this picture was taken. I'll tell you the story on tomorrow's podcast. And I said, is he the guy that got eaten by the whale? He is not the guy that got eaten by the whale. That would have been a wild story. But for me, Dave, when I looked at it, I go, oh, fuck. Dude proposed, right? Did he? No. Can I finish? So that's what I'm thinking. And I go, oh, fuck. Good for Laura, right? This is the way it's going. Yes. She comes back like three days later and posts another picture and says, hey, thanks to everybody for your support. And I'm like, what the fuck happened, right? So I go and check, and what she said was they had driven like six hours. They were far down in Mexico. And for whatever reason, there was something on his phone that she needed. She was just a contact or something. And as she went to grab it, the phone, there are pictures of another woman on his phone. His mother? Not his mother. Sister? I hope not. And so it's like, holy fuck. And the pictures, according to Laura, had been taken in the house where they were staying, like the night before of this holy other shit. woman. But now she's six hours south in Mexico, and he's the ride home. So she's like, it's fucking over. You're done. But she's like, but I also got to be cool because he's my fucking ride home. Yeah. So she tells this whole story, and she does it with kind of humor, the whole thing. And so I dropped her note. I go, hey, fuck. That was kind of wild, like the whole thing. Last night, she writes her diary. She writes her diary, Dave. And I texted her. I go, I swear to God, I read so much shit. Nothing has struck me funnier than this fucking diary that Laura Kane wrote last night. Now, understand... She's heartbroken because her relationship with a guy that she likes, and she said, I still have feelings for him. Of course you do. You've been involved for a year, right? So does the other girl. Yeah, you're a fucking dick. I'm just saying the obvious. And so- uh, Not a dick. You are. You're such a douche. I'm just trying to point out what's going on. So she writes that uh, she goes to meet with this guy, right? She goes to meet with him. And she's going in, and her mindset is, listen, you got to be out. You got to be out by the end of the month. And she writes, of course I tell him you can keep your shit in my garage until August. And I'm just dying. Because I'm like, if this guy's reading this, he's like, can you imagine some girl just writing, hey, Dave, you can just keep your shit in my garage until August. And she said, they go, and they have this conversation. And she's like, look, you broke the trust. You're out. He wants to hook up. I go, fucking guys are unbelievable, right? Yeah. We just figure, hey, we'll just 
We'll just fuck it. Everything will be fine. And Laura's like, we're not doing that shit. So anyways, a shout out to my pal, Laura Cade, who got blindsided the other day, but has kept her sense of humor and telling this story and is just the fucking coolest chick. And her daughter's like, get that fucker out. Yeah, and, and his shit. And his shit. And I said to her today, I go, you know what's cool, man? At the end of the day, no matter what your friends say, no matter what your heart tells you or what you right? The devil and angel on your shoulder. I said, those of us that are parents, we're so fucking lucky to have kids because kids' bullshit meter is so high and they're not going to let anybody fuck with their parents and especially with the mom. And so uh, I, I just texted this. She's like, when am I coming back out? I go, are you fucking kidding? Come Dude, in any soon. night. Let's soon. go. So uh, I just, uh, she's so fucking funny. And like I said, her mind's spinning a little bit, but she's in a great place and she'll be fine. But if you get a chance, check out Laura's podcast and read that fucking diary because she just, I don't know anybody who 24 hours after having their heart broken has written a funnier recap of it while trying to sort everything out. All right, let me throw this at you. Sure. Okay. The fact that there's another girl involved. Yeah. Okay. Meaning, this is the way I'm thinking. Maybe I'm wrong. Is that he's getting something from her he wasn't getting from Laura? Why don't you ask him when she's here? I'm gonna ask her. Oh, are you? I'm scared? gonna, but I'm I'm not 100 not scared. I'm You're gonna scared. say this. This is a compliment coming. Okay. All right. And then at the same time, the fact he still wants to hook up with her means she's good in the sack. Oh. Okay. She's an alley cat. She's an alley no, cat. Stop making me do that. See, look, look what right. you just did. I know. I took See, she just sucked you right in. God damn it. So let me ask you, if you're if you're on that side and that same situation happens, are you thinking, do you want to be the good person that's the good person to bounce things off of and the conversationalist, or do you want to be known as the person that was good in the sack? Laura's both. Well, I don't. I can't no, well, hold on a second. I'm saying if that was you or me. Oh, yeah. I want to be the sack guy. Right. Of course. <laughs> Fuck conversation. Fuck. Exactly. Exactly. You want to be Tom Snyder or Tom Byron? Who do you want to be, Dave? <laughs> 100%. That was my point. Oh, I got a podcast for you, too. Courtesy of my buddy, Boom. Coming through big. Okay. Once upon a time in the valley, Dave, he has sworn by this. It is a 12-part podcast about the Tracy Lord scandal. Oh, Jesus. In the mid-'80s, and he said everybody's in there. Now, Lisa, that's before Lisa's time. But, Dave, all the people, the icons that we remember, my buddy Boom told me Ginger Lynn's in it, uh, Christy Canyon, and the great Tom Byron. Is that right? Mike Sager. All right. I'm going to listen to this because i got a long drive to Arizona next week. I just wrote it down. I'll be listening to this. Once Upon a Time in the Valley. Yeah. This is a potential guest. Uh, Mike Sager, my buddy who lives in PB, writes for Esquire Rolling Stone, about eight years ago wrote a really wild story about how John Holmes got hooked up with the wrong people in the whole Wonderland murders. Yeah. So I'd reached out to Sager. I said, dude, this is great. He goes, oh, fuck, man, I'm in PBs. Like, dude, we'll go drink beers. I'll tell you all the stories. I go, I'm in. He goes, hey, man, I got a story for you. He goes, I'm helping Tom Byron write his autobiography. I'm telling you, Dave, right here in the garage, I have, what the fuck else is he doing? Nothing. I think we could book Tom Byron. Yeah. Do we want Tom Byron? I do. I want Tom Byron. How great would he be? I told you, I got that one question for Tom. It's it's the dumbest thing ever. I think I brought it up on the show. 
every scene Tom Byron ever does, at some point during every scene, he looks like someone just kicked him in the nuts. He looks like he's in pain in every scene. Like all of a sudden, like, oh, fuck. What happened? My nuts hurt. Like every time. My buddy, my buddy Boom has listened to like eight out of the 12 episodes. I have not, so I can't speak to it. Okay. But he goes, I'm so sick of every hot chick that I loved telling me how much they loved Tom Byron. Ah, oh, Tom was the greatest. He's like, fuck, shut up. He goes, get Tom Byron on and tell him there's a mailman in Long Beach that's sick of his shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's it. I uh, like it. Lord Kate is just, yeah, she'll have no trouble replacing that fucking dummy. Yeah, no, without a doubt. She, dude, she's doing great. Dude, she's she great. looks fantastic. She has a fantastic personality. She, she's going to be great. Coolest shit going. All right, you want to know? Go ahead. Yeah, what do you got? I got nothing. I'm dying to hear how you're going to sell me on this Padres bullshit. I just looked it up. They've only won six of their last 20 games. I believe today is the greatest day for those that have been in this for a long time. Okay. Not talking to you that just bought your fucking hat, your Cronenworth jersey. <laughs> I'm talking about the guys that have been in this for 10 15, 25 years or longer. This is why I believe today, Dave, is the greatest day ever to be a Padre fan. Because we are going to see, moving forward, what the fuck this team is made of. And I'm not talking about what Hosmer is made of. Not talking about Myers. I'm not talking about Tingler. We're going to see firsthand what A.J. Preller is made of and what Peter Seidler is made of. And one of two things is going to happen which is going to be outstanding. They are looking at what the Giants are doing. They are looking at what the Dodgers are doing. They no longer have an impactful farm system because they gutted it to get everybody that's here. They have money that's invested in the wrong guys. You still have a year and a half of Myers. You still have Hosmer's time. You're in year one of the Profar deal. You've got years left on Pomeranz. I don't know where you're at on Blake Snell, right Money is invested on guys right now that you have to have concerns about. So one of two things is going to happen. You can't just say, hey, let's go to the farm system and bring up the next Tatis. Yeah. Because there is no next Tatis. You can't go to the farm system and say, bring up Mackenzie Gore because he is clearly not ready. Your team is shit. Your team, I'm listening to Tony Gwynn Jr. tonight, who I love trying to sell me on the fact that every team goes through this bullshit. This is a bad team. So one of two things is going to happen. Okay. If I'm Pete Seiler and I'm AJ Preller, you cannot stay the status quo. You can't. So you're either going to double down and go big time and have to go chase, whether it's Joey Gallo or somebody else, it's going to cost you something to get it. I want to know from a, fan standpoint what is it going to take or dave it's going to be plan fucking b and plan fucking b is going to be what we saw in 2015 and that's like let's just start getting these fuckers out of here and we're going to have to reload the farm system because we no longer have impactful guys down there one of two things is going to happen they're either going to double down or they're going to admit that they fucking overplayed their hand And either way, you're going to look at it and go, holy shit, this is the most impactful year that I can remember covering. Because 85, yeah, you go out and get Lamar Hoyt, 
and Gossage and Nettles and Garvey are getting older. And unfortunately, you made some decisions that didn't allow you to keep the Alamars or the Bayergas or Guillen or anybody else. 98, yes, was an incredible time, but we all knew that it was a short fix to get Petco Park built, and then we knew that Kevin Brown was going to be gone and eventually Caminetti and Finley and everything else. That is not the case here. The case here was this team was absolutely built. Don't tell me it was built for 22. You fucking went for it in 21, and to this point, you're not worth shit. So you're either going to fucking double down and go out and make an impactful move, which is going to cost you a name that we all know, and you're going to go, holy fuck. These guys are absolute savages. Aaron Boone doesn't know shit. He's going to be on a park bench in two weeks. We're the new savages. (laughs) Or they're going to hike their little dress down, and they're going to shuffle off down Main Street, and they're going to throw the fucking towel in, and we're going to look at it and go, God damn it. I think it's great because right now we're sitting here and it's either going to be A or B. There's no longer the middle of the road and we're going to find out what our owner's made of and what our GM's made of. This is what I'm guessing is going to happen. Let they aren't going to sell, okay? They're going to go in. They're going to condu- They're going to double down. They have to double down they for a few to. reasons. They have to double down, number one, is because they like Jace. They aren't going to fire another manager. No, you can, and so. you can't sit there and tank the season and bring Jace back. You got to sit there and understand Clevenger's coming back next year. So you're basically you're picking up a big-time pitcher to add to your rotation. Assuming he's healthy. Assuming he's healthy. So, obviously, we all thought Gore would be the guy. I don't know how many people still feel that way. Gore could be that big name that you end up trading if somebody takes him. Um, but look, man, I think this honestly falls on AJ. This falls on AJ. AJ's the one that gave Machado the deal. He's not playing up to his contract, not even close. Hosmer's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Hosmer's terrible. You called it before the season. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't. It, when I say it, I know people get pissed. And Jeff said it before the season. He had a great first week, and Jeff's like, holy shit, I couldn't have been more wrong. You were right. No. Hosmer's terrible. Five home runs. Has t- just nothing. There's just nothing there. There's no, nothing to add from a big-time first baseman that other teams are getting from that position. Then you look Fires. around. Myers is dog shit. Myers, let's look at his whole contract. He had one situation where he had a really good 60 days last year, Mm -hmm. okay? With nobody in the crowd. He had a good 60 days. He's garbage. He's horse shit. No one's going to take that contract now. You should have traded him during the offseason. Yeah. Profar is a joke. He had two years left on that. Yeah. Nola's not good. Even when he is healthy, he's not good. Carantini's been a surprise. The only two guys on this team you can rely on on a regular basis when they're healthy. Yeah. Or Tatis and Grisham. And Grisham's hurt all the fucking yeah. time. But Tatis is elite. I mean, if he's yeah. not the best player in the game, he's a top five player. Okay? People back east don't give him the credit he deserves. They don't see his games. Everybody's talking Acuna and Guerrero Jr. Tatis is great. We all know how good he is. Everyone else is garbage. There's no offense on this team. And so how do you go ahead and fix it? You have to go ahead and get something. The rumor is that Castellanos is going to be a Padre by Sunday. which well, is. What? Which is weird because the Reds come to town this week. So yeah. he could literally walk down the hallway and change change clubhouses. But that's the rumor. So I don't I don't know what for what. Problem is this Hosmer contract, when it expires, he holds the option. Well, he knows he's not going to make that money anywhere else. Yeah. He's going to stay. Yeah. 
You're stuck with Hosmer in this fucking deal. I think Cronenworth is the guy that's going to ultimately uh, go. That would be a shame. Everybody likes him, right? I, I mean, it, but you're you right. You don't have you, anybody. You don't have anybody. He might have to be the guy to go. You and then sure you move Kim into second base. And Kim sucks. You know, Kim, suck. Kim, he's, oh, dude, what do you think Kim's doing? I just looked at uh, what Kevin two, Easy wrote. Oh, God, he in sucks. In 300 in the last month. That's, he's hitting 211. Yeah. Okay, he stinks. But you're going to put him there because you invested money yeah, in him. Yeah, shitload. $7 million. You invested $7 million in Profar, who has one home run. Well, you've got two years left on the Profar deal. Nobody's taken that at $7 million a year. Nope. Uh, I mean, you, you have gave no- Profar $21 million bucks. Remember I said yeah. go get Jock Peterson? Yeah. For the but same money. Same think, exact money. I think Cronenworth is the guy that's on the move. No, there's no. You're market. probably right. There's no market for Nola. You aren't going to trade Darvish. Nobody wants Snell. No. You're not going to get anything for Camposano. So now you move around, right? Hosmer, nobody's taking it. Tatis is off the market. Yep. Machado's not going anywhere. Nobody wants fam. No. Unless they want an expiring contract. You don't have an option if you move Grisham. And unfortunately, you don't. Uh, I mean, Myers, only if you're going to eat a lot of that contract, are you going to get leaves one guy. That's it. You're right. I hate to say it. You're right. He's the only guy, unless there's something that would be big like a C.J. Abrams. And Padre fans would you lose their imagine? mind. Imagine. Well, again, yeah. again, are you doubling down? You said something big. You, well, the, yeah. the biggest things you have right now that we all know at least, and there'll be someone that was going to write me and tell me I'm wrong, is everybody knows Gore's name. Everybody knows C.J. Abrams. And everybody loves Hassel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean... Minor league baseball has only been going for a couple of weeks, and you don't have anything from last year. I, I mean, you going to trade Melanson? And, and no. I mean, he's not getting you anything. No. And and try to go with Pagan? I mean, no. Holy fuck. No, it's extremely disappointing what's happening right now. Every team does go through a slump. This is ridiculous. You're in it's Colorado. One thing, yeah. It's one you thing when you hit. lose, but you can't hit. This team can't hit. Fuck. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great because we're going to see what they're all about. Well, okay. Do you agree? They're doubling down. There's no way they're selling, right? I don't know. You can't sell. I, I, I mean, you don't have much to sell. That's the problem. And that's, and that's what I'm saying, Dave. You have not left yourself a whole lot of flexibility for anything that you want to do. Even if you wanted to go out and be active in the free agent market, the only guy really coming off the books is fam. That's it. And goddamn, if, if you listen to Steve Woods every day, holy shit, you think it's Jim Rice out in left field. <laughs> Fuck, hey. <laughs> so somebody write on Twitter today, hey, I'm going to the game, and I'm going to be sitting behind Tommy Pham, and I want to make a Tommy Pham appreciation sign. You understand what the fucking team's doing? Like, good. Good for Tommy Pham. I'm happy for him that he's coming out of it. But the guy is... As competitive, there's no doubt about that. And he's been the first guy to say, we're not winning games. We aren't winning games, and I only do well when we don't win. That's weird. Tommy Pham only plays well when the team doesn't win. Uh, fuck, man. I, I look at that, and I go, this thing is getting away quick. It is. Okay, so a couple questions. I know Profar has a three-year deal, so two years after this. How much are they locked into for Hosmer and Myers? You're always good with these contracts. Do you know off the top so of your head? So Hosmer has... Is this Hosmer's fourth year? Yeah. So he has one more year after this year at 20, and then the final three years are 13 a year. Okay. So 
not great. So um, after this year, he'll have four years, $59 million left on the deal. Myers after this year has one year and 20. But remember, when the numbers change, and then Darvish has, I think, two years left on the deal, right? Yeah. Clevenger has this year and next year. Yeah. Um, Snell has what next year? When they just get, I think Snell has this year and two more. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Snell has this plus two. And the numbers change a little bit for Snell, too. They go up a little bit. Um, but then the other thing to remember is the Tatis money goes up. So Tatis money is getting ready to jump in those two years. So, yes, you have the adjustment with Myers and Hosmer going down, but the Tatis number is going to change, and you're going to have two guys on this team making $30 million a year. And so it's big yeah, on the left side. And I just, you're not looking at a team where you go, we've got five outfield prospects that are ready to come up. There's no goddamn Brett Gardner's in the farm <laughs> system, Dave. <laughs> There's no, right? There's And so Camposano can't hit. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that Nola's played enough where you can get a really good assessment of what he's been, guy's been hurt all year. So, and we got him late last year. So he was here for a very short period of time. Jury's still out on him, but Hosmer's a disaster. You have Cronenworth um, that hit a little bit today. He has been struggling. But Tatis, like I said, Tatis, Machado, not going anywhere. Fam's got, maybe Fam's got a little bit of value, a little bit, but he's a walkaway free agent. Yeah. Um. Maybe you have a little bit there. Uh, Grisham, yeah, maybe a little bit. He's I mean, just hurt all the time. Yeah, gold glove center fielder. Um, Myers, not unless you're eating that deal. And then, so then, I mean, you going to move Lamette? Yeah, and the thing is with Lamette, as good as he is, how many people trade for Lamette? Lamette's almost 30 years old. You trading Ryan Weathers? No, right? People will freak out. Like Ryan Weathers, they sent him down to the minors. They say it was probably a rest deal. You know, no, so get him back starting. And so, I mean, here's the deal. The guy has been, uh, ERA-wise, he's the most effective guy you have in your rotation. So I think right now you're, you're gauging the market for Snell, aren't you? Dude, his ERA is six. I know. I mean, he's been a huge disappointment. You going to try the American League? Go see? Somebody want him? No joke. Snell hasn't been Snell since he won the Cy Young in 2018. I mean, the, the Rays knew it, that he had trouble going past the fifth inning. Today was just, uh, and I understand it's Colorado, but it's not like you can just go today. Snell has been a disappointment the whole time he's been here. No. Remember before the season, who's your opening day starter, Snell, yeah. Snell or Darvish? Yeah. 1A and 1B? I wonder, Dave, I don't know enough. It's not an educated opinion. It's more just a guess. I wonder, dude, just from the mental standpoint, right? We talked about this with Paddock a year ago. Man, I just wonder if he's so far in his own head at this point that he's having a hard time getting out of it. And, and I don't know if Larry Rothschild is or isn't the answer. Who fucking knows? But I'm looking at it, I go, all right. Well, you got us all hyped on it, and we're all in. The city's clearly all in, but you're not even close to the team we all thought you were going to be, so what do you do at this point? That's why I think it's great, because this ownership group has shown that it's much different than we've grown accustomed around here. Yeah. And they're going to have to make a decision either A or B. And my thing is, 
you look at this team, they've been so inconsistent, right? They had that really hot streak where they were winning nine in a row, and you go, shit, man, they are really humming. But you look at this team and you go, are they a World Series team tonight? Can they hang with uh, the Dodgers? I don't know. You're trying to tell me you think they can hang when the Dodgers, your douchey little tweet tonight about getting all those guys back. <laughs> you're a douche, but it's goddamn right. <laughs> Fuck you. And you're. Little... It's true. They get Bellinger, Seeger, and Muncie back. Yeah, we're aware of that, okay? Well, I'm not sure if people saw the tweet. Oh, we saw it. No, we muted you. Um, Did you see what the Padres signed today? Who, Joe Bimel? Joe Bimel. Joe Bimel's 44 years old. Has not played since 2015. 20-15, okay? Joe Bimel, Tony Gwynn. 2015, we were still doing mornings at X. Yes. Tony Gwynn Sr. hit his last career home run off Joe Bimel. Junior said today on the broadcast he was in the dugout when that happened, but he wasn't a player. Yeah. That's how young he was. <laughs> Dude, how crazy is that? Junior's like 40. Yeah, how crazy is that? Joe Bommel's 44. And they're bringing in a guy who hasn't played in six seasons. Minor league deal. Okay. I got it. 44. What the fuck? Fuck. Is that doubling down? Is Dennis Quaid coming in? (laughs) That's what I was about to say. John Hamm sign him? Uh, Yeah, fuck. I don't know. I mean, that's the best we can do. Well, they're going to do something, Dave. They're, they're going to have to do something. And that, to me, is why I think right now you're like, all right, we're going to figure out either uh, are you all all hat, no horse, or are you a real cowboy? <laughs> we're going to figure it out, bud. Right? You can't, you can't say the status quo. No, you cannot. You cannot say we're just going to ride it out and wait till next year when fam's gone, Clevenger's back. Bullshit. <laughs> Not hey, listen, man. It's their prerogative. I don't. I'm not criticizing them, but for the prices that they're charging down there, yeah, they're charging, man. And we're all paying it because we're all in on supporting the team that went out, and signed Tatis, signed Machado, got Darvish, got Snell. We're all in. Yes, but but you got to look at it and go. All right, it's about to that time where we're going to have to make some moves, and you don't have. 25 blue chippers in the minors anymore that you can flip out. No Taylor Trammell's down there. No. Okay. So here we no, go. No uh, Xavier Edwards. So me, what are you going to flip? Let me throw a couple things to you that maybe makes the team healthy. Okay. okay. They're coming up starting on Thursday. They have a four game series at home against the Reds. Reds okay. aren't playing terrible. Okay. Again, you possibly can make that trade, which would be great for, for uh, the Padres or hurt the Reds this weekend. If Castellanos comes over to the pods. Then you come back with three at home against the Dodgers. This is a bad time to play the Dodgers. They've been playing pretty good baseball. Might not be. Why do you say that? Might not be. Because I think sometimes you know it, Dave. Sometimes you need to see the other guy to kind of get your shit together. Because they know, I don't want to say, you never, I'm not trying to imply that they took anybody lightly or that they weren't ready for Colorado or ready for the Cubs or anybody else, the Mets, anybody else they played recently. But they know what they have in L.A. They know that if they want a chance to play in October, that's the team they got to get by. That might be the, the thing that actually recharges the battery, gets them back on track. Okay, so here's I'll give you the pitcher matchups for this series. Okay. okay. When the Dodgers play the Padres starting on Monday, it's uh, Urias against Snell. Not to win for us, 1-0. 100% wrong on that. You're fucking that, wrong. That's a win for the Dodgers. 
The second game is Paddock against Bauer. Oh, I like that. That's 2-0. Okay, okay, so we've got... That's good. So we've won the series. I'm sorry. Second game is Musgrove against Kershaw. That one I'll give to you. What? So, third game is Paddock schedule? and Bauer. Well, it looks like a sweep. <laughs> it looks like you lose two out of three. Looks like you shut your mouth. Because <laughs> Darvish, Darvish pitches on Sunday. This is what it has here. That's it's Darvish going on Sunday against the Reds. I like that Castellanos comes here because every time somebody does the Tom Brenneman joke game, they're talking about our guy. That's true. Times two. That's true. All right, so here you go. I'm going to throw two guys at you. Tell me if it helps the Padres out. Okay. Castellanos comes here. Yep. And Max Scherzer comes here. Oh, yeah. So Max Scherzer's on the block. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You feel a lot better about this team? You get those two guys? Uh, I can't tell you that I've watched a lot of Scherzer this year. I mean, he was terrible last year. Um, but, yeah, I like that mentality. What, what's, what's it costing me to get Castellanos? I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing it's going to be a C.J. Abrams type person. I don't know about that. I think it's going to cost me Cronenworth and Camposano. Okay. And I'm making that deal. Okay. <laughs> well, good. You're the one that came up with it. Yeah. Good news is, after the Dodgers leave, the Diamondbacks come to town for three. And they've wait, lost like 21 it, road games in a row. What's it going to cost me for Scherzer? Scherzer's going to be a name, too. Might be Gore. Might be Gore. Stammen. And uh, I had a buddy that I grew up with in, in uh, Encinitas. And he, for whatever reason, I, a kid grew up in Encinitas, but he talked like he was Cajun. Yeah. And he couldn't say Christmas. He always said Christmas. Yeah. So I like that relief pitcher because it always makes me think of my buddy. I'm like, you grew up here. I'm from New Orleans. Why can't you say Christmas? Could you say onion? Remember that guy, that Cajun cook guy? Ungoing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you have a good Christmas? What? All right. Would you trade Gore for Scherzer? Uh, what's Scherzer's deal? Scherzer's deal is expiring soon. I'll see if I can find it for you. But it's uh, Scherzer hasn't been Scherzer that we everybody knows. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Might have to, man. I mean, yeah. if you're going for it, going for it, like you're saying. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Right. Gore will go somewhere and win fucking 40 games. Of course games. he will. We'll turn into Pedro Martinez for the Dodgers. He'll <laughs> be a crafty little left-hander. He'll be the next Randy Jones winning the Cy Young. Jesus. God damn, did you see somebody put that thing on uh, social media today? It's it's the uh, it's NASA, like all the scientists in NASA celebrating. There's like 60 people they get up and all of a sudden start jumping in the air and smacking high fives and hugging each other. They're all celebrating. Yeah. Somebody fucking put it on social media and tried to claim it was the Tampa Bay War Room. Oh, I saw that. That was awesome. Like- it was so good. So good. I think Serge is a free agent after this year. Oof. Uh, I'm but if you're it- doubling down until you get Clevenger back. Yeah, I'm going to do something other than snow. I'm going to give you... Uh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to give you something other than Gore. Give you. Uh, you wouldn't trade Ryan Weathers, right? Oh, fuck. You know what? That's it. I may flip Gore since I have Weathers there. Yeah, yeah. Weathers is the real deal, aren't you? I'm sold yeah, on I Weathers. I'm sold on him, too. Yeah. I, I. That might be the move, Dave. I think Gore is going to go out the door because I think you're putting Weathers down there. Or, uh, again, maybe 
I think Weathers is going down getting regular starts because you're going to try to flip one of these guys right now. Well, it's not going to be Darvish, right? No, fuck, dude. You're if you're, if you're trading Darvish, you're you're selling the season. You're not flipping Musgrove. Fucking guy threw a no-hitter. Yep. So that leaves you Snell, Paddock, and Lamette. Yeah. And I think all three guys are available. They have to be. Don't sit there like a fucking mute. I just I, No, said. I'm just trying to think. Does, who wants those guys? Uh, it's not, I love a healthy Lamette. The other guys I don't want. Yeah. Well, guess what? And if you, trade, if, you tra- <laughs> if you trade Scherzer, you still have to explain it to your Nationals fan base. They love him. Yeah. You know, you got to get something in return to say, yeah, it was tough getting rid of Max. But we got Blake Snell. But we got, <laughs> we got Blake Snell. And then Myers gets number four back. He starts hitting again. It's a domino effect. Got Yay. Yeah. Good Yay. for us. Good for us, everybody. So I'll go to Cali Comfort, get a fishbowl. Sean will be out of town. They'll refill that fucker for free. Well, what will Coach say? They make that deal for, for Scherzer. You, you like know, it? Tell you what, Dave. I've watched a lot of this team. Uh, you want to know what the biggest problem is, Dave? You want to know what the biggest problem is? You got a lot of guys that don't want to get their pants dirty. Let's go out to Al and Hamul. Coach, I remember growing up as a young lad. Watching Ted Williams, my sister babysat him. Well, go ahead, Al. Well, I was getting to it until I got interrupted. Yeah, you know what's going to interrupt you next, old-timer? I'm dying to hear my right hand smacking into your polygrip. The fuck you will? (laughs) Al, I'll beat the living shit out of you. And then I'll go right down to the Crest Cafe and have my favorite eggs, Benedict. But I like, I got to get the easy hollandaise. I've had some trouble with my chest. You're going to have trouble with your jaw when I bring the old one-two, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson would fucking scramble you like a fucking fart. <laughs> my sister used to babysit Ted Williams. <laughs> oh, my God. Coach, I tell you what, I'm going to take the number 11 bus. Yeah, keep talking. What was I saying? You were telling me how you were going to get here. That's right. I'm going to get picked up on the milk line. They don't even have a milk line anymore, you fuck. You got a bad mouth. And you're about to have a bad spleen when I bring the hammer. I'm going (laughs) to fuck you up. Dude, just hearing Coach say, I'm going to fuck you up is the funniest thing I've ever. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> Coach has never said that to anybody in his life. <laughs> I just like that John always wants to fight a guy in his 80s. That's where he's going to establish himself. <laughs> if I saw you at the Flower Hill Mall, you'd walk across to the other side of the fucking street in your lemon yellow pants. The bullshit! They're key line! Fuck you, Al. <laughs> Fuck you! You're even a coach! What'd you just say? Go look at USIU Alumni Board. 
Big mouth. <laughs> you know what I heard you did? Change the fucking light bulbs. <laughs> You're goddamn right I did. I'm a team guy. Utility man. Did everything. Got a little dirt under my nails. You know what you did, Al? What? You sat on the couch and watched your wife hook up with a goddamn jockey. <laughs> Frank Oliveris. The fuck did you just say to me, sir? <laughs> Holy shit. I'm sorry to everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry everybody said. He said how how was cockle? <laughs> Alice in the corner smoking a cigarette and watch. You just sat over there, gently rolled back the aluminum foil from your fish stick TV dinner so not to fuck up Franco's rhythm. Who told you that? My heart! (laughs) Who told you that? Everybody yeah, knows a good therapist. <laughs> 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 the line he pulled in there, I never know if you realize he did it. Stern does it all the time, which makes me laugh, but he doesn't do it to make anyone laugh, just the way he talks. He was yeah. instead of just saying when you agree with something, instead of just saying right or that's correct, he just goes, That's right. You just dropped a that's right in there too. That's right. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, fuck. That was I'm funny. Sorry. Oh, man. My tears are rolling down my face. Damn it. That's hilarious. Damn it. Damn. No idea. No, oh, fuck. Any of that shit comes from. <laughs> right. Hey, real quick. I want to mention this because everybody's talking about the sticky substance on the baseballs. Yeah. So, DeGrom got hurt tonight. Okay. Wow. I don't know if you saw it. DeGrom had a perfect game going, yeah. got hurt. You saw Glasnow got hurt. Yeah. All these guys saying they're, they're forced to basically grip the ball different because they don't have a grip. And these guys are breaking down. Glassnow people are ripping the hell out of going. I thought oh, that was hang on. Did you watch that Glassnow? I, I video? thought it was great. I thought it was fucking great. And people are looking at, oh, let me Ooh. make excuses for why I cheat and why I need to keep cheating. But hold on a second. The guy's throwing a weapon, is my point. Yeah. Every pitcher's throwing a weapon. Which is basically like a cue ball. They're yeah. saying it's as close as it gets. And they're right. right? I mean, yeah. dude, I've I picked up major league baseballs. Oh, yeah. so, dude, there is no grip. I mean, it is. It's like throwing a fucking cue ball. If a guy is throwing a ball 100 miles an hour towards your head, yeah. you like to think there's some control over it, right? Yeah. Well, so these guys going back and forth talking about it, and you're seeing guys who are injured. I don't know anything about the injury part. I'm just saying you're seeing it, though. Yeah. If I were a pitcher in Major League Baseball, I literally would say conference call and go, this is what we're doing. We're going to start drilling the biggest names oh, on fuck. every team and say we, don't, we can't grip the fucking ball. The only way to get it back to the way you want it just start taking out the stars. Can you imagine, Dave? I mean, because that's how you make your point on why you were doing it. You weren't. You say you weren't. I'm sure there's a competitive advantage to it, okay? But at the same time, you sit there and say, "Dude, I can't grip the fucking ball. I did the best I could." Garrett Cole throwing 101 to smoked, uh, you know, Dante Bichette Jr. or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. And guess what? Enough Bo big stars, Bo Bichette. Guys start getting smoked. And guess what? They changed the rules back the way you want them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to get to that point. It it won't, because they're too damn dumb. But there is a huge problem. And listen, when I just read the quote from Glasnow, 
I was 100% one of the people going, oh, fuck this guy, right? Oh, boo-hoo for you, you fucking weasel. Sorry that we're not stealing signs. And then I went and actually watched what he was saying, and I go, okay, you can do one of two things. You can look at him and go, he's 100% full of shit. Yeah. Or you can go, I'm going to try to be open-minded on that and listen to it from a guy who's talking about the way he has approached the game because of certain challenges that are put in by the game and how you try to keep it even. And now in the middle of the season, that's all changed. Yeah. Now, I think it was Dennis Lynn or Kevin Acey, I maybe Kevin, one of those guys wrote, they've done a great job this year on the beat, so kudos to either one that one of the teams that is expected to be the least impacted is the Padres. That over the last couple of days, as people are starting to taper away from whatever they may be using, the spin rate, which is something that we never talked about 15 years ago. No, no one knew what it was. No, but the Padres have had one of the lowest differentials in their spin rate. Yeah. I think, Dave, what you're looking at is, I'm going to use you, Darvish. You, Darvish, for this Padre team is incredibly uh, effective. He's been impactful as a starter and has done a lot of things. I don't have any idea in my mind if you, Darvish, is or isn't doing anything to the baseball. It may not even matter. But for argument's sake, if he is and it's something that he has been able to do since his time with the Cubs or longer, again, just for argument's sake, and now all of a sudden we're asking him to change or we're asking Chris Paddock or Blake Snell or anybody else to change, and it impacts their mental approach and it impacts how they throw the ball. Yes. And all of a sudden now we have another pitcher that is going down with an elbow injury or a shoulder injury like we've seen with Clevenger and others, then you got a huge fucking problem. And I get what Josh Donaldson is saying from a hitter standpoint, saying, listen, man, this isn't natural. There are rules in place, and we have to follow the rules. But, man, oh, man, does it feel like Rob Manfred and his team have stepped in it again. Yeah. I I wouldn't say that it's going to have to uh, throw it ahead of somebody. But, Dave, I, I... while I wouldn't ever encourage that intentionally, somebody is going to get hurt over the next couple of weeks, uh, probably unintentionally. And it's either going to be pitchers that are now trying to do different things midseason with grip and delivery, right? Or it's going to be a hitter that is going to see one get away from a pitcher and could ding him somewhere. And I don't even think David's going to be doing it intentionally. I just think guys are going to change. And starting Monday, this game's going to look, it could potentially look a lot different than it's looked it could. all year. It could. You know, it's funny. Bauer, who people are, are goofing on because his spin rate has changed too, just like a, a bunch of guys. Yep. He's the one that has been calling this out for years. Yep. He, he called out the Astros when they were having their success. Yep. And so he, he over and over again. So people are pointing the finger at him. I give him a little bit of credit for saying, look, there, there's some crazy shit going on in Major League Baseball. And he's been saying it since 2017. Mm-hmm. And he goes, look, look at Verlander, who struggled in Detroit, all of a sudden go, gets traded to the Astros, and he's unhittable. Yeah. 
He yeah. goes, the Astros have been doing it for years. Well, now other major league teams have caught on because guys change teams, coaches change teams. They start sharing information. You saw that picture of that foul ball that that person got, and, and it had sticky shit all over it. Oh, shit. And it was, it was showing that, hey, there's yeah. that, that spider grip on it is what yeah. it's called. And so, uh, again, spin rate has a lot to do with everything. Watching major league hitters say, look, a slider is supposed to do a certain thing, but you shouldn't be able to throw it as a righty and as a lefty at the, at the same time. So there is a problem. Yeah, yes. But you don't change in the middle of the season. You're right. Right. You give these guys an off-season spring training to figure it out. But isn't, isn't it surprising that they haven't tried to find a way, right, and get a committee together? I, I can't imagine, Dave, that it would be that difficult to get three guys from the American League, three guys from the National League, yeah, three pitchers, three hitters, to get them together and go through three, five, ten different kind of baseballs, the way they're made, whether it's impacting the laces, whether it's impacting the cover, the impact of the Mississippi mud, yeah. whatever they're doing where you give it to a pitcher, right, and you go, throw it. Throw this one, right? Can you feel it? Where is it at? The whole thing. Yeah, I like that. I feel like that gives me a grip. I'm not going to have to do anything on top of that. I can live with that. Great. Now throw in Mike Trout, throw in Fernando Tatis, Machado, Max Muncy, whoever the case may be. They go, all right, sit in there. Here come four sliders. Here come four curveballs, right? Here come the fastball, right, tailing away. Tell me what you think. Can you live with that? Yeah. Just find a competitive balance. But I don't know, man. It's... I think it's fucking nuts what they're doing. It's not so much what they're doing, it's when they're doing it. It's um, It's been one of those things in baseball, as I said. Guys were in the Hall of Fame. Gaylord Perry, Don Sutton. They always yeah. did stuff that their teammates wouldn't turn them in. But if you looked at old videos of Gaylord Perry, he touches everything. Like oh, yeah. You're going like, well, where's he grabbing it from? Now you're seeing guys that seem so obvious, whether they're grabbing it off of their forearm or off their glove. Darvish looks like he grabs it between his fingers. He's not the only one. I'm not pointing to just at Darvish, but you listen to Glass now talk about how he used a combination of, of sweat, rosin, and sunscreen. Yeah. And that was good enough. Now, look, you have to be a major league pitcher to make make basically this work. I remember Mark Grant showed us once what he could do with a scuff on a ball. Do you remember yeah. that? Yep. And Mark can make it move all different ways. Yeah. And whereas if you and I threw it, we couldn't do what Mark did. But he no. knew you give me a scuff, man, it, it's a freebie. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's I think yeah. it's going to be incredibly interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks, and I really hope that maybe right now we we're like making a lot out of it, and in a couple of weeks we go, hey, the teams are competitive, and thankfully everybody's intact, offensively, you know, hitters and pitchers. But man, that feels like an incredibly uh, risky proposition from baseball. Exactly right. Hey, right now is a crazy time when it comes to buying a home because if you're looking to buy a home, you're going to realize the price of the homes are ridiculous. But at the same time, if you own a home, you're going to get the most value for that house. What are you waiting for? Brian Curry is the guy to talk to when it comes to this real estate market that has never been like this before. If you're looking to sell your home and you're looking to basically profit the most possible, Brian's your guy. And also, if you're worried about staying in San Diego or in California and saying, can I afford to go somewhere else? You got to call Brian. You got to talk to the best in the business to see what are your options. 619-251-1588. 619 619- 
251-1588. Uh, it's our last show for a while. So the first thing I want to do is wish Brian Curry a happy Father's Day. Yes. Uh, part of the best fraternity in the world and a guy who does that job extremely well. But Dave's right. With the housing market going in questions, everybody is wondering, is there a potential of an adjustment? Man, I hate the word crash. Is there things coming that make you think that, hey, it's okay to maybe wait a little while to buy, or uh, is now the time to sell? Man, you need help with those kind of questions. I know Dave agrees. I can't think of anybody better than Brian Curry. It is such a fluctuating market, and it feels like it just goes up and up and up. How much air can that balloon hold? Give Brian a call, whether it's somewhere down here in Chula Vista. I was just saying the other day, found myself in a beautiful neighborhood in Oceanside or Vista. Man, I'd say Point Loma, but fuck, their baseball team's not worth a shit. So maybe go uh, Poway instead. Uh, any place you want to go. Hey, Poway's the home of Brian Curry. Yes. He could live anywhere he wanted. He looked at Point Loma. He goes, no, I'm going to Poway. I'm going to let my son play quarterback here. Well, they ran over the uh, pointers today like they were standing still. So, uh, yeah, if you want to live in East County, out in Poway, where John Conniff grew up, uh, give Brian Curry a call. Taylor made pools. That perfect pool for you is just around the corner. All you have to do is call Alan Taylor. Make it happen. You've thought about it for years. We all do. How great would it be to have a pool? It is record heat coming. You're going to wish you had that pool if you don't already. If you already have a pool, but it's not in working condition, again, Alan Taylor can make it perfect for you. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Uh, happy Father's Day to my man, Al Taylor, doing an incredible job over there with his family. And Dave, when I think of people that make you say, Happy Father's Day, I think about somebody that every time you and I have hung out with her, she says the following, what's up, daddy-o? <laughs> it's been a long time since we've had the Vera pool special, but you're goddamn right. Al Horton knows what I'm talking about. He saw that picture and that polka dot bikini circa 1951 when Vera was a young 34-year-old, just an alley cat, raging tiger. First 15 people call with cash. Amy, I said it's Father's Day weekend. I make the rules. First 15, cash only. You're getting this some kind of something deal. That pool is going to be when people are coming in, carrying their coolers, and the kebabs are going to say, my God, is that a Vera pool? You're going to say, yeah, don't act so fucking surprised. I listened to Dave and Jeff. I took advantage of the Daddy-O's special. Pete and Point Loma. I know you got that water already naturally warm because you live down there in Coronado. But if you want to put a pool in your second home, that Vera special is out there for you, kid. <laughs> Dan Williams, you need to talk to him when it comes to your finances. Right now is a very interesting time as we talked about the real estate market. Dan wants to help you again get out of the rental market and jump into owning your own home. How great would that be? How would you like to be debt-free? Dan can help you do that as well. And don't forget, he has his Borrow Smart 2-Minute Tuesday. It was already up on YouTube yesterday, ready to go. If you haven't checked it out this week, it's free advice, 2-Minute Tuesday. Dan Williams, 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. Dave, it was a good one for you because you're apparently retired because all you do all fucking day, according to Steve Woods. That son of a bitch. You sit on Twitter. That's all I do. The message yesterday was, how far will Social Security take you? So, goddamn, apparently you need to look into it because you hit retirement age a little quicker than the rest of us. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Uh, Dan Williams is there to help. 
but um, so many great things, right? Protecting your identity, getting the most out of your credit cards. Dan has done a ton of these. And I said it, right now we're in the middle of a refinance. Boy, it couldn't have been easier. Now, ultimately, whether we sell the condo, keep the condo, who knows what, but we had to take care of step one before anything else. Get that uh, payment down by a couple of hundred a month. Dan did it for us. He can do it for you. I told you that credit score for me, 836 it came in at. Good. Because borrow smart, repay smart. Yeah, until I got to make a fucking car payment, first one tonight. Haven't done that in two years, <laughs> but it's okay. I'm excited to do it. You will be too, whether it's a car payment or just having that financial freedom that allows you to buy that home when the time is right. Dan can help you get there. Kyle Fluger's your guy for a website. If you're thinking about starting your own business or you have a business where the traffic isn't as good as you want, Kyle Fluger is the person you need to talk to. 619 500 6621 619-500-6621. Yeah, it makes such a difference. You have to have a great website. Uh, so many friends. Um, uh, tonight, uh, my son Jack was saying that. He goes, hey, I'm really bummed out. We were trying to get a couple of things done for Father's Day. It's running a little late. I was like, hey, man, stretch it out. We have friends that do birthday month. I don't care. Uh, happy Father's Day, by the way, to Dan Williams. Happy yes. Father's Day to Kyle Fluger. But for you as a business... If your website is not going at the level you demand, yeah, a lot of people out on the streets now, but there are still people that are surfing the web making purchases. Make sure when they do, they're stopping at your website to do it first. Absolutely. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going June 16th. Okay. Got three of them today. One of them is a complete shocker to me when it comes to money. Yeah. We're going to start off with Tupac Shakur. Ooh. Uh, 54. Tupac would have been 50. Damn. How about that? He's been dead as long as he's been alive. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to talk to you about that. <laughs> There's a picture of Tupac and I right there. Yeah, look at your dumb fucking grin when he knows shit's going on. Boy, you couldn't be happier. Look Dude, I got to send that out since it's his birthday. God damn, happy birthday. Look at that shirt you're rolling. <laughs> My God, you are a colorful guy. Like a goddamn shower curtain. Um... I think uh, it's ninety six. Shower curtain. What <laughs> shower curtain looks like that? Fuck. Went at the Tropicana, where you guys had a couple of sweets. Donna Fargo. I'm gonna say uh, hundred and fifty million. You ready to be shocked? Yeah. Says two hundred thousand. Said he had a hundred. Right. Said he only had a hundred thousand when he died. Well, how can that be? He didn't call Dan Williams. He didn't call Dan. I looked it up a million different ways because I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I refuse to comment further. Yeah. How about that shit? That's some. That's crazy. It's heartbreaking. Oh, it is. All right. This one right up yours and Jim Bettencourt's alley. The Ultimate Warrior. Oh, shit. Uh, 61. 62. It was 61 yesterday. He died at 55. Uh, 2 million. 1.5 million. All right. All right. Here we go. U.S. Opens right here. Phil Mickelson. Oh, shit. I should know this. Uh, 51. Exactly right. 300 million. 400 million dollars. Yeah, Holy shit for Lefty. Lefty's the man. Lefty's I'm rooting for him this weekend. Me too. Fucking love that guy. I like all of a sudden all these people. Oh, fuck Phil. I'm like, really? No way. He's cool. His sister Tina's fucking cool as anything. Love those guys. All right. Here we go. Five random questions for you. Okay. If your food is bad at a, at a restaurant, do you send it back? Yes, you have to. 
I agree with you. You do send it back. I don't understand anybody but, that wouldn't send it back. But I think you send it back, but you're polite about it. To me, there's the people that, oh, uh, excuse me, uh, my salmon. Like, right there. You're just like, oh, fuck off. Right? But I think if you're cool and you're respectful to the waitress um, and just mention whatever the issue is, yeah, you absolutely do. You're paying for it. Uh, you don't want to get sick. And I also think, too, don't be a bitch about it. Like, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, but no, I, I think you do. I was at a restaurant yesterday, and when Rita and I sat down, Josh was parking the car. The lady was not nice to us, the waitress. I don't like that. Okay. But they're all out of, they're all out of reps, too. Okay, so the same time she sat us at her table, kind of a deal, and sit here. It was a pain in the ass to take her drink order. Just everything's like a, we were putting her out. Yeah. The second Josh showed up, nicest woman in the world. Oh yeah. I went, what the Josh goes, she's a nice lady. You should give her a good tip. I go, dude, she wasn't nice until you got she here. She wanted a little strange. That's what she wanted. She'd had enough of the old bull. That's she wanted the young calf. Hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. It was crazy. Completely was just all, flipped on us. One eighty. Was he all soapy? <laughs> was he all soaked up? <laughs> fucking scene is so stupid it's stepbrothers yeah it is i was thinking the same line so i was like what the fuck yeah rita agreed with me she said no 100 percent. she was not nice until josh got there all right right. josh wink at her that's all she needed she didn't need your stubby little crocodile arms going in (laughs) that dusty old wallet bringing out a wheat penny that wasn't gonna fucking move the needle right no it wasn't all right who do you go who do you most like to make fun of Oh, fuck. Uh, well, it's not fair to say Woods, because every time I feel like, all right, I'm giving this guy a break, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, hey, receipts for everybody that called out Tommy Fam, And you're just like, what? What are you talking about? Hey, meet me tomorrow for Beat Woods. Yeah, I'll fucking beat you. In the face with a shovel. Getting lined behind Paul and Ben. Fucking Adam's had enough of your shit, too. Pretty boy. <laughs> Pretty boy. <laughs> um, I don't know that I have... I fucking love Steve Woods. He's so fucking funny. And, I, dude, the thing that killed me on that guy today... <laughs> I like that recently... You have been able to push his buttons a lot. Dude, he got upset today. He wrote in all caps. Called me Aubrey Huff. Dude, calm the fuck down. I like when he gets mad and goes to Twitter and calls you dipshit. Yeah. Which is he, my favorite term And I keep ever. waiting for, for Odyssey to write him up. Write him. Jesus. He literally wrote on social media, we're all going to get laid tonight. You see that? He copied the Riding Dangerfield line about his golf tournament. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, how the hell does this happen? When you and I worked for iHeart, we could never write anything like that. No. Nope. We've been in HR. He's a madman. Um, Son of a bitch. Yeah, he freaked out today. I like making fun of, um, it's the best thing about having twin boys. I like making fun of my one son in front of his brother and then vice versa. Because <laughs> he always have an audience? Yeah. And then it turns on me, but that's fine. Who's your who's your go-to? That's Woods. Woods is, is the it guy. Woods or he, Costa? Oh, yeah. Costa's right there. Yeah, Costa's there. Today, Woods is fresh in my head just because he got so upset. But I don't. But what you and Mike do to each other on yeah. social media is pretty goddamn great. It, 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 it does. It's it, Foghorn Leghorn it, and yeah, the dog. It is. It is. It has to be Mike. You're right. It's Mike. 
It's Mike's. Not even far. Not not even far from the truth right there. That's it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Another restaurant question. When you go out to a restaurant, do you like to decide where you eat or do you let someone else do it? Do you defer? Are you talking about in the actual restaurant? Let's say you're going out to eat. Say, look, we're going out to eat. Where yeah. do you want to go? And do you go back? I'll go anywhere. We'll go wherever it's you want to go. Worst. Or do you say? We're all in that. Yeah. I have two kids, their mom. And we're going through it for Sunday. Yeah. And everybody is in that same thing. We're It's cool because we're all a pretty mellow group. But at some point, you just need somebody to fucking make a call, right? So I think we're just getting to the point where it's going to be like, all right, uh, night one, Cade, you make the call. You're going to make the call. Tuesday, Jack, you make the call. Uh, third night, you know, whatever. Again, yeah. It's not four nights in a row, but you get the point. Okay, Jack made the call. Vita, this is your night. Then I'll make the call the fourth night. Is it ever far off or is everyone no, pretty similar? Everybody's pretty cool. That's a good thing. How about for you guys? I'll defer, and then she gets upset that I defer. Yeah. Why can't you make a decision? Right. I, I'm like, I'm just telling you, I'm willing to go wherever you want to go. Like, I'll lead anything. Yeah. But for some reason, she wants me to make the decision all the time. I'm telling you, it it's, can impact relationships. So just make a decision two or three times in a row. Just find a place that you know she likes to. I just hit Carl's Jr. every time. That's yeah. my go-to. Carl's yeah. Jr. Yeah, Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> Get jalapeno poppers. You'll be right out of the fucking loop, dude. It's like all you have to do is the one time they want you to wash dishes, yeah. just leave a little bit of melted cheese on that yeah. plate. You'll never fucking That's wash true. it. That's true. They go to grab that plate and they're uh, getting ready to put a little salad on there, and here's a just fucking nine week old dried plate. What in the hell is this? What? Come here. Who washes plate? Oh, Jiminy Cricket, I didn't even see that. Hey, you did a great job making dinner. I'll take care of the dishes. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Get out of my face. Go walk the dog. And let's look at the dog and give him the old Norman Feldman. Wink. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just tell him, hey, we're going to go to Pink's. What? For our 40th wedding anniversary? <laughs> you want to go to El Caballo for a breakfast burrito? I don't think so. You're out of the loop. Yeah, <laughs> All right. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Last question. Oh, I like that. If you want, I'll go first while you're thinking yeah, about it. What is it? When I was a kid, man, I think I was honestly like 10 or 11 years old. I was with my, my friend Jamie King, and we're about a mile from his house. And there's like a little ditch, like the water drain goes under the street. And so we decide we're going to pick up rocks and we're going to chuck them at the next car that drives by. Okay. And we jump out, we throw a fucking rock, completely smoke the side of this door. Okay. I did at least. I know I connected. I'm not sure about fucking Jamie's rag arm. And it just a big bam. Then you just hear, and we jump into the drain. So the guy can't see us. And you just hear the brakes of that fucking car and just, you know, the tires just across the road. Then the car backs up. And I'm like in that in that in the water drains, so fucking nervous. And I just go, fuck. We just gotta stay right here. And I look to my right and Jamie's running. All right. So now he's out in the open. Now the guy can see him. Yeah. And I fucking start running too. And we are running our asses off back towards his house. Yeah. And the guy goes around the block and he meets us on the other side. Like he he's driving faster yeah. than we can run. I mean, these properties in Nashville, like six acres each house. And we're running our asses off. We go right by him. 
and that car is following us like fucking Mike Myers. Dude. God damn, dude. And finally, man, we run into the back of his house and and we we both run into the closet, which is I don't know why the hell. We ran into the closet and then you hear the doorbell ring. And that fucking guy, dude, came all the way to the house and rang the doorbell. And his brother Scott fucking said, Dude, I'm the only one home. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And you just hear bullshit. I saw two yeah. fucking kids. Yeah. Dude, I swear we sprinted one mile dude, all the way to his guy, house. Did he come back for parents? He never came back, dude. I was, I mean, I was shaking in that closet, like crying at the same, running and crying and shaking in that closet till that guy left. But Scott completely looked out for us. Shocker, Scott's the one that ended up in prison. But, but at the same time, yeah, it's I've crazy, never been right? more scared in my life. I think it might have been the worst thing I've ever done. Like I've never done yeah. any bad thing. That was that was it. Man, was I scared. We uh, similar snowballs going down a hill, but we just thought it was funny. Fuck, it's so insanely dead in a car. No headlights came up and scared the fuck out of us. Um, but for me, honestly, the most scared I've ever been, it was shortly after we left um, KFMB. Yeah. And I got a chance to go to Sporting News Radio in Northridge, Illinois, or Northbrook, Illinois, I think it was. And uh, two shows. The first show was by myself. I remember. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Um, Midwest time. So yeah. like 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. here. And I'm driving there. I've never done a solo show. Yeah. And it's the night Robert Ory hits the shot against San Antonio. And I'm driving. Sacramento or San Antonio? Was the big three? It was Sacramento. Uh, would have been 02. Okay. So I felt like it was against San Antonio. Felt like, oh, no, Sacramento. I think you're right. And, uh, and like, look, I don't know. Producers. I don't, I mean, who? what fucking guest are you going to get on it? Right? Oh, shit. Why don't you come on in the middle of the night and work out some bits like they, they told Stern in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> So this is, so I'm driving. I'm not a basketball fan. I got to do three hours and I'm driving and I'm not even paying attention. And I go right over train tracks and I look and there's a train about 15 yards to my left. Jesus. And I literally just missed getting smoked by a train. And so I went on and I said, hey, uh, I was going to do a whole thing about the nba man i just absolutely love that game that's what i'm saying Nothing. <laughs> and i go i'm in town from san diego and i'm driving in a neighborhood that i don't know it's the middle of the night i didn't sleep because i was afraid i was going to go through my alarm and i literally just almost got hit by a train and i go just for like 10 minutes let me know your craziest has anybody up anybody awake Did you ever, like anything ever happened like that because i go yeah. i'm I go, I don't know the dude on the other side of the glass. And I go, I was all like, what am I doing in here tonight? But I go, I literally just almost got hit by a train. And dude, the phone just pop, 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 pop. And it was great yeah. because they were so nice and came in. And then we had like a couple of random NBA guys and the guys helped me. And then the next day I did a show with a guy named Bob Berger. And that's when Bob said, uh, people might remember Peter Brown did sports radio for ESPN, was like the first, when Tony Bruno and Chuck Wilson, fabulous sports babe, Peter Brown was part of that lineup. And so I go in, it's me and, and Bob Berger, 
Peter Brown's doing a couple hours before us. Chet Kopic is coming on after us. So I've never met Bob Berger. Peter Brown comes in, couldn't have been nicer. And Bob Berger, who is so fucking funny and just, the only thing he said, he goes, Jeff, I'll watch out for you all day. He goes, just do me one favor. And Dave, you'll appreciate this. He said, we're going to Stringers all across the country. He goes, fuck, I had a guy in here last week and he could not stop. Hey, uh, Dave Pelle is out at Dodgers Stadium where the Phillies lead the Dodgers 2-0. Hey, Dave, how's the game going? <laughs> I gave all the information. Yeah. And he goes, just say, I go, I got it. Yeah. And so first couple of guys, hey, Phillies are in L.A. Dave Pelle is at Dodgers Stadium. What's up, Dave? And he goes, yeah, fuck, it's great. <laughs> but Bob Berger, it's about 45 minutes before we're going on, and that was a long show. That was like five hours, and it's national. And he goes, Jeff, I just got to tell you, man. He goes, I love the line. I steal it all the time. Here's some unsolicited advice. He goes, every station has an asshole. And he goes, you better figure out who it is, because if you can't figure it out, God, I hope it's not you. He goes, here, you're fine, because it's that guy right there. <laughs> and he beats it quite proud. And I have no idea if he was just fucking around like we would do to Woods or Costa, or if he actually meant it. But it was so goddamn funny. And they just, they they put me at ease. Yeah. That's the time when I told our buddy Tom Brenneman, they had offered me a job and said, hey, you're going to have to move. And I said, that's great. I'll move to Wrigleyville. And Tom told me, you'll be dead in a year. And then I was like, fuck it. I can't move to Chicago. But, <laughs> uh, super fun. But driving in that night going, holy fuck, I got to do three hours. Yeah. No palais here to talk NBA. I don't know the producer. I don't know the board op. You and didn't have I'm, ways to get you there. You're looking at fucking directions. Yeah, I'm in this, and it's in an yeah. industrial park. You don't know anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that's it for fu- sure. That's funny. That's funny. I always told my kids that line. There's an asshole in every room. If you can't find him, it's you. Uh, so this is always a challenging show because Sunday is Father's Day. For me, it's my favorite job in the world. I'm incredibly lucky because I learned from the best in Dave. I learned from the best in Mike Costa. And I also look back at our pal Cookie Chainsaw Randolph because I have a buddy of mine right now that just had a baby about three weeks ago. And I said, dude, it's the greatest job in the world. Doesn't feel like it. And I said, it's exactly what I said every morning when I would get up and walk around uh, Clear Channel. Jack and Kate were in the NICU. We're trying to do a morning show. And Cookie, who's about 6'5", would walk around with his arm around my shoulder every day. He'd come over and say, let's go, 20 minutes, half hour. Mike and Dave did an insane job of talking me off the ledge. And Dave, one of my favorite things happened yesterday. My son Jack is the king of no fucks given. Yeah. If his brother will always be doing the laundry, will help with dinner, will help with dishes, and Jack will be on the couch, you know, looking for SmackDown results. Doesn't matter. I know he fucking loves his mom. I know he loves his dad because he tells us at least three times a day. But he is just the guy who just rides the wave. And if we're talking NBA, he's all in. If it's anything that is going to require a little bit of effort, he is all out. Unsolicited from him yesterday, I got a text message with a Raiders t-shirt. And the text message said, hang on. The text message said, and this was at like 7.45 yesterday morning, and it said, um, 
hey, would this be something you would want for Father's Day? It's a Raiders t-shirt. Sweet. And he wrote a follow-up email or text, or would you prefer like a jacket or something, since I know you don't have much for the Raiders or the Vikings if you want something from them. He literally has never done this in his 13 years on this planet. His brother does shit like that. And I wrote him back. I go, you're just the coolest. It's so fun being the dad. I'm so insanely lucky. He made me laugh today to the point that I thought I was going to actually be sick because his mom texted me and she said, hey, I'm trying to figure out the plan for Sunday, but Jack said you wanted to watch Hell in a Cell? (laughs) I go, what? She goes, yeah. I said to Jack, hey, what do you think we should do for your dad on Sunday for Father's Day? And Jack said, uh, dad's pretty locked in on Hell in a Cell. I couldn't tell you one fucking thing about Hell in a Cell, Dave. I have a much better chance of telling you. I couldn't even tell you what's going on in the NBA Finals, right? I know Kawhi's hurt. But apparently, so it struck me so goddamn funny. Um, but because I love the kid to death, we're actually celebrating Father's Day on Saturday. Because I know he wants to watch Hell in a yeah. Cell, and I'm excited to do it. So, for everybody, uh, Stevie Woods, Costa, of course, the guys I mentioned earlier, Flugs, uh, uh, Dan Williams, Al Taylor, and Brian Curry, Jimmy Betancourt, all the Pete, everybody, Billy, all of you out there that support this show have supported us and our fathers. I thank all of you who have done it longer than I have for showing me the way it's supposed to do it. I would be remiss to not say that that's an insanely difficult day in this household because the guy I learned how to do it from is sitting across from me with two guys that I love very much like they were my own. Uh, One I got to see tonight, who the waitress is still thinking about. (laughs) And the other one I miss every day because he's gone. So, Dave, I wish you a happy Father's Day. Thank you for showing me how to do it. But don't think that I don't miss the fucking maniac that used to sit right there He's in our heart every day, and uh, I know this. We were here the other night with Josh Lewin. Yeah. And it was off the air, and Dave said, yeah, man, Father's Day is tough. It's the worst day. Father's Day. Used to be the best day. Yeah, but his birthday comes up. Those two are the worst days. And then after that, it's October 30th. I unfortunately remember that date all too well. And then it's Thanksgiving, and then it's Christmas, and then for me, it's New Year's Eve because it's the picture that I have with him. And it's Mother's Day and Rita's birthday and all those different things. It is a never-ending cycle. And also, not only for Dave, but for Katie Temple, who lost her father, loved the game of golf. And Sunday, ironically, the U.S. Open is here in Torrey Pines. For any of you, goddamn, for any of you that have lost a child or for any of you that have lost your dad, just know that uh, I'm so incredibly sorry and while I celebrate it with my sons, I know how incredibly lucky I am that I can check in on my dad. Dave, I'm, I almost forgot my friend Lou Palais, who will miss this Sunday as well, who was so incredibly nice to me from the day I met him and just made me feel like your mom has always felt yeah. a treat to me as part of that family. But uh, uh, my heart breaks for you, and I'll be thinking Thanks, about man. you on Sunday. I know it's an incredibly tough day. I appreciate it. I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day as well. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the time with the people that are still with you. Well, uh, actually, we're going to take next week off. I'll be out of town. We'll be back uh, after that. Thanks, everybody.
Conversations out on the pier Always entertaining even before we could buy beer Walk to the park, speak our minds Maybe talk the bar a couple of times Back to the door, I laughed so hard I 